Watch the Game, presented by the Nation Network. I'm your host, Sam Blazer. First, we're going to start off with my conversation with Jameson Olive, website reporter for the Florida Panthers. Jameson, how are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. So this has been a bit of an interesting season for the Panthers, to uh, say the least, with everything that's been going on around them. Um, obviously, there's Yarmir Yager. There's the coach that's been fired. Things around with the uh, the owners and the injuries that have taken place. Overall, for you, just uh, you know, as a reporter itself, what's been the uh, most interesting storyline, in your opinion? Um, like you said, I mean, it has been an interesting last year when we had all the the winning and the Kevin Spacey and the 12-game win streak. That was a different kind of interesting than we had this year. This year was pretty much the theme has been changed this year. I mean, you change the coach, you change, I think they had two, uh, 10 new players on the team this year, whether that was via trades, via signings, via drafting. And it's kind of been the theme the whole year's change and people adjusting to that change both within and outside the organization. And obviously change always comes against, you know, there's always some pushback, especially when things were going well early in the season. But now, I mean, having won eight or nine games, kind of people are seeing the results of that change and saying, oh, this is what they were going for. This is what they were trying to do. So, I mean, some people have come out and said, you know, oh, we were wrong. Some people are still holding off to see how the season goes. But for the most part, the theme of the season has been changed. And as far as interesting goes, I mean, it's still very interesting. Yager, once again, is, is playing a big role, especially recently with Huberto and Barkov coming back. I mean, for him, for the next, you know, as long as he plays, the, the story for him every year is going to be, I can't believe he's still doing this at insert age here. And right now it's 45, next year it'll be 46, and so on and so forth. And I think he's going to play at 50. Some people do, some people don't. But I think that's a good number to you know pick for him to end at as the over-under. But as far as interesting outside of general players, I think it's just really interesting to see how this team has come together despite all the changes and despite all the outside noise and how well they've kind of blocked out all the negative press coming their way. You'd be surprised how many guys just either don't read that or don't care about that. I mean, for the most part, this team has been focused on the playoffs. Even when they were you know, flirting with last place in the Atlantic Division, they were still saying playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. Once we get healthy, things will start going our way, and now they're healthy and things are going their way. So, I mean, I'm really, I'm, I've been really impressed with that kind of ability to block things out and that kind of tunnel vision the players have had this year. Totally, and you brought up a, pl- a few players that I want to end up talking about, but one of the players that I think is interesting, and he hasn't received as much publicity as he had before, is uh, Aaron Ekblad. And a lot has been made about you know not having Brian Campbell there. Uh, do you know to possibly support him? What do you think of his game this year? I, from what I'm seeing, you know, it's not they, his numbers aren't terrible by any stretch. But you know, there are big deals being made. Is how is his development coming along? What do you think of him uh, as a player? Well, I mean, Eck is still this team's number one guy from now until he until he's not on the team anymore. And the good thing about him is last year he avoided that sophomore slump. And this year is kind of that sophomore slump. Now it's just a junior slump. He's finally kind of kind of taking a little bit of a beat and kind of slowing down a bit in terms of his production that was going so well when he was a two-time All-Star, when he was winning the Calder Trophy. But let's not forget, he's still a very young kid. I mean, the, the beard fools you, but most guys his age aren't even close to even getting into the NHL, and he's already in the midst of his third year. So, I mean, I wouldn't say he's having a bad year. Is it a step down from his two previous seasons? Of course it is. But the thing about that is, too, is like you said, he's had the Willie Mitchells, he's had the Brian Campbells, he's had those guys kind of leading. But now this year, yeah, there's some guys older than him, like Keith Yandel, Jason Demers, guys like that that are older than him. But he's the seasoned guy. This is his te- one of the, He's one of the leaders on this team now. He doesn't look up and see a Brian Campbell or a Willie Mitchell. He, it's kind of all the attention's on him. And I think there was an adjustment early in the season with that, especially as they were swapping up um, – 
defensive pairings a lot. I mean, he's played with every guy on this defense at some point this season, and I think it was a little hard for him to go from having Campbell 24-7 to suddenly a new partner every every one or two games. And like I said, it's an adjustment, but he's definitely been settling down lately, like all the guys have, and the defense as a whole has. So, I mean, early on, maybe some people were panicking. I, I don't see that, especially after he signed that big deal. I never saw the reason for panic because, I mean, you saw what he did those first two years, as young as he was. I mean, he's only going to get better than that. You don't play your, your – as a defenseman, you don't have your two best years of your career in year one and year two. So, I mean, I think he's going to keep getting better as the season rolls along. And I mean, when the Panthers, if they do make the playoffs, I think he'll have a great playoff series. And the next year is going to be a clean slate, and I think he'll, he won't have that slow start that he had this year. Definitely. And he, you know, you were talking about the different, uh, you know, pairings there, the injuries that have hit the team, but there has been a player that has, you know, excelled uh, with the injuries and everything else. And that's Jonathan Marchessault. And he was someone that I know, because obviously I read about the Blue Jackets a little bit, uh, with a little bit of his time when he was with the Syracuse Crunch. Uh, What do you make of him as a player? What do you make of his breakout season thus far? He seems like, you know, He's always had all the skill in the world, but now it's finally coming to fruition. Well, Marchie's kind of one of the big reasons the Panthers kind of were able to hold on until this point and get to where they are now with all all the points he was producing. And yeah, the record wasn't great when they didn't have Huberto and Barco, but I still think they would have lost even more games if it wasn't for a guy like Jonathan Marchie. So I mean, I think he's up to 17 goals or so after last game. But looking at him as a whole this year coming in, I know a lot of people are saying, oh, the Panthers brought him out of nowhere. He was in a trash bin. No one liked him. I I don't necessarily see it as that way. He's not like he was an undrafted guy or a guy that came over from Europe. He -hmm. had some good minutes with the Lightning last year. It was more about the opportunity. I think there were a lot of teams around the league, and and based on a couple of people I've talked to, there was some interest from other teams around the league to bring him in. But no one really trusted him the way the Panthers were going to trust him. And when in speaking with the Panthers, the Panthers promised him. They said, hey, you're going to be a big player for us. You're going to maybe be on that third line. And obviously, the way injuries played out, he ended up on the top line. And he kind of ran with that opportunity and did a great job. But I mean, I, like I said, I think a lot of teams were interested. But I think the Panthers definitely showed the most trust and the most confidence in him. And now they're being rewarded. And I mean, he signed this year and next year for basically nothing. So I mean, the Panthers are getting a ton of value there going forward. No doubt. And now I talked about the Blue Jackets a little bit, as I, you know, am one to do. And so I have to talk about a former player and also captain, Derek McKenzie. Uh, What do you make of his leadership thus far? What do you make of him as a player this year? Because I feel like he's constantly underrated for what he actually brings to the team. He's, you know, points-wise, it may not be there, but his penalty kill time, the stuff that he does, it's always the tiny things. And... For me, it makes a lot of sense why he's the captain. And I know we talked about this before on uh, the Buckeye State Hockey Podcast when talking about Derek McKenzie, but I kind of want to give you the floor again, Jameson, to talk about Derek McKenzie and um, his accomplishments and what he is as a player. But you you kind of got a feel for Mac off the bat because he gets he gets this mantle and becomes captain of the Panthers, which for a guy like him, a guy that's played you know over 600 games in the AHL and kind of been a journeyman for a little bit, it, it's such a big thing. This this is Mac's legacy. You know, he's not going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he might win a Stanley Cup, but he, the numbers are never going to be on his side as far as remembrance. This is his thing. He'll always be remembered as a captain of the Panthers, which is a huge honor. But I mean, to get to get that mantle and then have right when you get in to lose Hooby and Barkov and have all these injuries. I mean, he's really kind of had been a re- played a really big role in kind of guiding the ship through the storm as far as keeping the guys down and kind of holding those meetings after bad, bad losses and kind of talking to the guys and kind of keeping them focused and not letting them get too bogged down by both the outside influences and the poor play on the ice when they were struggling for a while. And I think he's been huge in that leadership aspect, but even when we had the, the Campbells and the Mitchells, I mean, 
whether it's the coaches or the players, they'll be the first to tell you there's no one leader in that locker room. There's leaders everywhere. There's You have the Sean Thorntons you have, um, in the past. Like I said, you have the Campbells and the Mitchells. But um, right now, I mean, you have Sean Thornton, even the guys that are supposed to be young, like Huberto and the guys that are say young, that they call young guys. They've had a quite a bit of experience in the league at this point, and they're leaders now. I mean, I was talking to Derek McKenzie after morning skate today, and he was telling me how impressed he was during all the losing early in the season, how impressed he was with the leadership of guys like Ekblad and Trocek, the young guys that are now showing leadership. So it might not be veteran leadership, but it's still leadership, and it comes from all, pretty much every locker in that locker room. But um, as far as on-ice play, I mean, like you said, the numbers aren't quite there, but he still seems to be the guy that's always kind of in the middle of a greasy goal to tie the game late or to give the Panthers an early lead. But his biggest contribution, like you mentioned, is on the penalty kill. The Panthers right now, I mean, they have a third-ranked penalty kill in the league, and the forward playing the most minutes on that penalty kill is Derek McKenzie. So, I mean, I don't care if Derek McKenzie gets zero points in the season. If he's your top top minutes guy, top face-off winning center and top center on a third-ranked PK unit, I'll take that every day of the week, and that's kind of his bread and butter. And the good thing about that is I don't think that's something, as he gets older and he's signed for two more years after this with the Panthers, that's something I don't see dissipating. That's something I don't see breaking down. I, I think he'll definitely be a strong PK guy for the whole time he's here. So that's his value, and going forward, I think the Panthers are going to get a lot, of, uh, a lot of minutes out of that value. Yeah, and that's what's awesome about him is that you get to see, you know, kind of firsthand what he does. And what was interesting when he was in Columbus as well is that there was a lot of, you know, community service type stuff. And it's just kind of his philanthropy as well as his play on the ice was really nice to see. And he's a really complete person, not 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 only on the ice, but off the ice as well. So well, the one thing about the one thing about DMAC, I'll say that's always really impressive is th- this is kind of taking a hit a little bit since he's become captain. But before he became captain, no one I don't even know how he did it. It was like it's like Superman walking into the the phone booth and coming out in his costume. DMAC, <laughs> the moment the moment practice ends, he steps off the ice, and the next time you see him, all the other guys are still in their gear. They haven't gotten a, a piece of, one of their pads off, and DMAC's in his street clothes. Like you have to pull him back out for an interview in a street clothes. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he learned to tr- change that fast, but he's amazing. So I mean, even now, now that he's captain. If you want to get him, like after a practice, you're you, as quick as you get down there, you're never going to beat him. You're going to pull him back out, and he's going to be in street clothes. But uh, that's one of his many talents. That's something that I'm sure one of the guys will pick up eventually. But hopefully not all the guys, because it's nice to have some guys in the locker room still getting their gear done to talk to. But he's amazing at that. I, I was hoping you'd bring that up because we talked about that last time on the, the Buckeye State Hockey Podcast, and you were you're talking about it. And now for whatever reason, that's all I can think about whenever I see him doing any press stuff I'm like you know he he had to have changed so quickly because Jameson was talking about that so I guess in, in one way you know when you have to wait for some players to you know get ready and do that he's just like you know boom ready let's get this let's get this show on the road so oh, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a dad he's got places to be yeah. he's got to take his kids to hockey practice he's got to you know do all that dad stuff so he he's he's he, every no minutes are wasted with Derek McKenzie and plus he grew a really nice dad beard this year which is definitely paying off that's beautiful well you also talk talked about uh, Jonathan Ubedro a little bit and you know he has eight points in seven games thus far uh, and obviously Barkov's now back as well where do you think is, is the sky the limit with this team or where do you see them overall as the season progresses because they were on the outside looking in now and they seem to ha- be able to control their own destiny uh, what, do you, what do you think of the team and their makeup well, this, this, like like people have said before, this is the team the management wanted when they started the season. This is exactly how they thought it'd play out. So I think the team as is now, I mean, if, if they make the playoffs, and I think they will make the playoffs, I think there's no reason they can't be considered 
contenders for the Stanley Cup this year based on who they have, especially who they have in net with James Reimer, who's just been dominating in net lately for the Panthers. I think he's won seven or eight out of his last 10 games. And then Roberto Luongo, too, who obviously always shows up in the playoffs and actually had a great series against the Islanders last year, despite how that ended. So, I mean, given the goaltending, given the defense, and given the return of Barkov and Huberto, who I think are one of the top left wings and top centers in the league, mine, and then you bump a guy like Vincent Trocek down to the second line, and Trocek is already an all-star this season, and having him on the second line is a huge asset. So, I mean, top to bottom, everyone on this roster, I think they have what it takes to compete for a Stanley Cup this year. At the trade deadline, I think they'll probably be a little quiet because, like I said, I think they already have the pieces and they believe in the pieces. Maybe they'll add one guy as like a third-line winger or a fourth-line winger, but I wouldn't expect to move mountains, and I think that's completely fine. I think they have the pieces this year. Uh, Huberdeau and Barkov are the, the big-name players, Yager as well, but I, I kind of want to give the floor to you and see what who's the most underrated player, the player that should be getting more uh, pub from uh, the media itself or maybe from the Panthers uh, overall to see uh, who needs that platform now and they, the person that needs to be uncovered by the, team, or by, by the uh, media. Well, the thing is, I, I don't even know it's fair to still call him underrated, but I still don't see a ton of media about him out there, and that's obviously for Vincent Trocek, who leads the Panthers in points right now. I mean, when Barkov and Huberto out, he he took on the brunt. He was playing 20-plus minutes a night. He was killing himself every game to get the Panthers points when they could. And obviously, he was in the World Cup. He played for Team North America. He was the Panthers All-Star this year. He just had his jersey number retired in the OHL by the Saginaw Spirit. So he's having a huge year. He signed a six-year extension this summer. But for some reason, looking around, you still don't hear too many teams talking about Vincent Trocek as like a threat or like a star player for the Panthers. I know internally we all know he is, but externally, I mean, you're in Columbus. I don't know how you guys see him, but I feel like he still doesn't get as much recognition as he, as he should. And then... On the other side of the puck, on defense, I'll say Mike Matheson is still, yes, he's a rookie. He had a big playoff series last year when he came up towards the end against the Islanders. But if you really actually watch Mike Matheson and what he does on the ice and how good he is in the transition game, whether it's doing a stretch pass uh, and finding a teammate to, for a breakaway or just himself taking the puck end-to-end and just gliding into the O-zone. I mean, his his zone entries are just beautiful to watch a lot of the time. But based on the stats alone he's you know 14 points in 57 games as a rookie defenseman that's not bad but if you actually watch him and watch his contributions on the ice I think you'd be really impressed with what he does this year and like I said just like Ekblad he's only going to keep getting better so I mean that's two key pieces to have on the defense for a long time Trocek has definitely he's starting to get his recognition bit by bit you know World Cup of Hockey seeing what he does in the ice obviously when he got his uh, number retired as well in the OHL that was very uh, that was something that caught my eye because I was like man and I looked at his stats and I thought thought to myself you know he really has been you know good his entire career this shouldn't be a surprise to anyone that he's performing up to the level that he has but I kind of want to you know touch on Michael Matheson a little bit more Uh, you know he's kind of gotten some pub as well and I'm just kind of thinking to myself, what is up with this long line of you know defensemen that keep coming up and you know succeeding? What's what's in the water down there that you know they can kind of pick up? Not necessarily these no name players, but these you know prospects that come through and they're able to uh, plug in so so well. Is that is that something that you think is organizationally uh, you know pinpointed on, or do you, is this is this something where they're kind of getting a bit lucky? Well, I wouldn't call it luck necessarily because before the new regime came in, Dale Talon obviously put a lot of lot of a high price tag on defense. He drafted Erica Branson, who's no longer here, but then he drafted Mike Matheson, 
Uh, Aaron Eckblad, obviously, you had to take that pick, number one overall, regardless of position. He was the guy you were taking. But then also look at guys in the second round early on, like Alex Petrovic, who's blossomed into a fantastic bottom-pairing defenseman this year for the Panthers, and a guy that gives big minutes, and he's the most physical guy on the team right now as far as they have a lot of you know offensively gifted guys, a lot of puck movers. Yeah, Alex Petrovic has that aspect too, but he's also the guy that's going to get in your face and go crazy and drop the gloves and throw the big hit when needed. But now that the new regime's in, obviously defense, you just look at all the changes they made this year, bringing in Mark Pesic, who's been fantastic, um, and guys like that. This team really relies on getting everything started in their back end, whether it's their offense, getting the defense getting pucks to forwards in the transition game or stop shutting down other opposing offenses. This team really is a defense, uh, def- defense first team. And I don't just mean that, like I said, in a, the, the traditional sense of defense, that is everything comes from their defense, whether it's their offense or their defense. It all starts with guys like Matheson, Ekblad, Pesic, Petrovic, Yandel was obviously the huge signing for them this off season. So I wouldn't necessarily say it's luck. I just think this team definitely builds everything from the defense out. And you can see that with how talented the defensemen are. Without a doubt, for sure. And, you know, we're also going to keep talking about the back end a little bit. We've got to talk about the goalies. Uh, Roberto Luongo, who I think is going to end up going down as one of this generation's best goalies. I mean, I don't think it can be disputed how great he has played over his entire career. But James Reimer is also having himself heck of a year. I don't think there's necessarily a controversy there. But down the stretch, who do, who do you think gets the starts and, and who, do, who do you think uh, the, the team likes overall? I, I really don't think there. It, it is a one A one B scenario at this point. It was a little bit different at the beginning when Reimer was struggling, and it was more more the pressure is being being heaped on Lou. But at this point, I mean, I think this is kind of what the Panthers are planned for when they signed Reimer to that long term contract. Lou is also signed for you know several more seasons, but he's thirty seven years old, almost thirty almost thirty eight, and you can kind of see that transitioning now, where Lou was playing sixty, Reimer was playing forty percent of the games and I wouldn't see you know even next season if that switches and Reimer's 60 lose 40 and I think that's totally fine as they get going and like you you already complimented Lou I think Lou is probably going to be the first number of the Panthers end up retiring just based on the fact of what he did before he was traded and what he did has done since he's come back and just how much he wanted to come back and how much he pride he takes in South Florida and being a Panther so I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to see that on the horizon but as far as down the stretch this season I think Tom Roche is going to keep riding the hot goaltender right now that's James Reimer like I said I think he's won eight of, eight of his last 10 starts or so so I would not be surprised to see Reimer get the starts until he kind of cools off a bit or until they decide to you know give him a rest and get Lou in there but say like he did at the beginning of the season say Reimer starts to struggle again in the next cu- coming weeks I wouldn't be surprised if Lou starts three four games in a row so I mean the Panthers have it's a good problem to have right now for the Panthers they have two you know really 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 good goaltenders in Luongo and Reimer and there really is no wrong answer right now and that's a great problem to have <laughs> you you, yeah. you you can't go wrong either way and both of them I mean, are look, putting look up at, above look the, the Dallas, look at the Dallas Stars I mean right now it seems like their whole problem is goaltending and they have two goaltenders they're locked up for all the way into next season and that's their huge problem they have two problems right now and then the Panthers have you know two really good goaltenders so I mean it all it all starts with the back end no, no doubt, no doubt. Now, Jameson, before I let you go, I want to ask you know where we can find you on Twitter, where we can find your writing, maybe a, a TV show or a movie that you want to plug as well to our listeners. Um, the floor is now yours. Uh, let's see. You can find me on Twitter at Jameson Coop. If you're wondering why, that's because my middle name's Cooper, so it's Jameson Cooper Olive, and Jameson Olive is taken by a, a, a lovely looking woman who I think might be an Instagram model. So I'm not, I'm not going to get that handle back anytime <laughs> soon. Uh, I can see that. But as far as plugging a movie, ah, I don't know. There's lots of good ones coming out. It looks, it looks like Logan got some good reviews, the new X-Men movie coming out. Um, so it doesn't look going to be disappointed there. But as far as movies we recently saw, 
Um, we saw, I saw Rings, the horror movie, the third Ring movie, and I'll just say avoid it at all costs. It was pretty <laughs> terrible. It was pretty bad. I knew that going in, but my girlfriend really wanted to see it, so we we, we went for that. But um, yeah, I'm right, I mean, I'm going- right there along with you. You know, my my girlfriend was the exact same way. She wants to see any horror movies, and I'm kind of just along for the ride. And so in those kind of situations, I take a step back and I just kind of just turn off the brain and watch those those scary movies. So I, yeah, the I, funny I thing is, I, I go to all those movies with her, but when I mention seeing like Logan or mention seeing John Wick or something, she's like, "Oh no, like y- you have fun with that." That's your- <laughs> a little bit so, of a I mean, double standard, but it's, hey, it's I guess one you get that street. alone time. It's a yeah, I get it. I get it. Well, awesome, Jameson. I appreciate you coming on, talking Panthers, and then uh, movies a little bit there at the end buddy oh if you want to do a full movie podcast i'll come back on oh, oh i love it we're gonna to have to do it then man I, I i i a lot of times we'd end up talking hockey on here talking analytics but i i always throw in the movie question at the end because i want to see what everyone else is interested in and i think <laughs> yeah. i think if we had some you know hockey twitter minds to come on and talk about hockey or talk about movies rather that uh, i think you'd get some pub for sure yeah, I mean, explore the space. You have, you have this whole new podcast. Do whatever you want with. Do, exactly, do whatever you want. Exactly. I appreciate it, Jameson. Have a good one. No, no problem. Have a good one. Man.